0: Welcome to the David Glenn Show. We are coming at you live from Charlotte, North Carolina. It is day two of the 2019 ACC kickoff event. We have a parade of coaches stopping by the David Glenn Show table throughout the afternoon. We will keep you up to date on things elsewhere in the sports world, even elsewhere in college football. But we are here in the midst of Commissioner John Swafford and all of the coaches, big name and otherwise. We have a couple more of our in-state coaches dropping by today. It was the Atlantic Division profiled yesterday here at ACC Media Days as Clemson's Dabo Sweeney dropped by our table, and Dave Doran of NC State, and Dave Clawson of Wake Forest, and others. We will have some Atlantic leftovers, if you will. Hard to squeeze everybody into a live three-hour program. We, of course, will celebrate Coastal Division Day with more great guests. Y'all know we're bringing you Mack Brown from Carolina and David Cutcliffe from Duke. We are the syndicated statewide show coming at you in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns. Of course, Duke and Carolina will have their presence today. The label, pick your favorite, Coastal Chaos, How about perfect parity? Little alliteration with both of those. We have great guests with that theme in mind. UVA's Bronco Mendenhall has the Cavaliers relevant again. Justin Fuente of Virginia Tech has already taken the Hokies to an ACC title game. Last year, they had to scratch and claw just to get to a bowl game. But along with perhaps rival UVA, and maybe the Miami Hurricanes, who also have a first-year head coach. That's a theme here in Charlotte. Scott Satterfield, first-year guy at Louisville, joined us yesterday. Three first-year guys here today on Coastal Chaos Day. Manny Diaz of the Canes, he's promoted from within. So not new to the Hurricanes, but new to the head coaching position. Jeff Collins of Georgia Tech is a new guy. The Yellow Jackets got him from Temple. Mack Brown is new in a sense. Not at all new in another sense. He had a heck of a run in the 1990s as the Tar Heels head coach. We'll catch up with Coach Brown in hour number three. He will drop by live here at the David Glenn Show table. We'll also catch up with Bronco Mendenhall of UVA live in hour number three. David Cutcliffe will join us in our second hour. Pat Narduzzi, fresh off taking Pitt to the ACC title game last year, will drop by in hour number two as well. The way things are setting up, We are going to bring you Dino Babers of Syracuse in our first hour. We're going to bring you Willie Taggart from Florida State in our first hour. We, of course, will hit you with a bunch of other things as well. The British Open is actually underway. I have to check the leaderboard, as I did earlier today. I'm used to snowmen on my golf card, but I'm I'm not a professional golfer. And I play with friends that if I shot an 8 on a par 4 opening hole, I'd probably get a mulligan on my tee shot. And I might, if it's a slow day at that particular course, I might ask to just replay the first hole entirely. Rory McElroy, local favorite. Y'all know this is the biggest sporting event in the history of Northern Ireland. Well, among the local favorites, duh, is the Rory McElroy guy, who even if it were not played in his backyard, would be listed as one of the favorites. He's one of the best golfers in the world. His first hole with the world watching, in Northern Ireland today. I mean, it was like 1.30 AM our time. Some guys didn't even tee off until recently, so there's a lot of golf left in, in round one of the British Open. We don't know who will end up on the leaderboard after day one at this point. But Rory had a snowman on his first hole, and he's been scrambling to make up for it ever since. He's coming to the end of his first round. Shane Lowry of Ireland is the clubhouse leader at four under par he shot 67 earlier today the american who plays well at majors brooks kepka is actually at minus four as well the last i saw we'll keep you updated on the british open it is the fourth and final major championship nowadays on the golf calendar as we of course have as our focus college football acc and otherwise chris paul may have a hard time finding another team. He, of course, is now with the Oklahoma City Thunder. According to reports today, the nine-time All-Star from Wake Forest University appears to be stuck with the rebuilding Thunder. Nobody else has the cap space or the flexibility, roster-wise, to make a deal with Oklahoma City, which is clearly in rebuilding mode. Russell Westbrook is now with Houston. Paul George is now with the Clippers, of course. CP3 may be stuck in OKC. We'll keep you up to date on that as well. Dino Babers doesn't look 59 years old, but he's old enough to actually remember the Americans landing on the moon. He is also a guy who doesn't want his Orange to be a one-hit wonder. We talk Vanilla Ice, Beatles, Queen, Lunar Landing, and other things with the Syracuse head coach. Remember a year ago, he was the breakthrough guy after back-to-back four and eights. The Orange had the second-best season in the entire ACC. Clemson won it all, second time under Dabo Sweeney. And Dino went from four wins, four wins, to a 10-3 and three campaign that had him 10 in the top 15 of the national rankings, Syracuse coach Dino Babers on a whole lot of fun things, even beyond football on the other side. Where were you when we landed on the moon almost 50 years ago? That anniversary is upon us this weekend. Willie Taggart of Florida State is going to be part of our number one as well. We'll catch up with Justin Fuente of Virginia Tech, David Cutcliffe of Duke, Pat Narduzzi of Pitt, Bronco Mendenhall of UVA, Mack Brown of the University of North Carolina. We hope to catch up with Manny Diaz of Miami and the rest of the coaches here as well. But that's the lineup for our one. No phone calls today, of course. We are locked and loaded with a whole lot of great coaches. Coastal chaos is the theme. It would be perfect parity if somehow UVA won the Coastal. The other six members of that division have each had one trip to the ACC title game in the last six years. If the Cavaliers somehow win it this year, it would be seven different teams in a seven-team division winning that divisional title and playing in the ACC championship game. That's coastal chaos. That would be perfect parity. Dino Babers on the resurgent orange football program plus the lunar landing, the Beatles, vanilla ice, and a lot of other fun things. The Syracuse coach next on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you?
1: David, it's great to be on.
0: It's wonderful to to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show. The David Glenn Show. Ice, ice. Dino Babers of Syracuse knows Vanilla Ice. It is Coastal Chaos Day. We do have Miami, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Duke, Carolina, Pitt, Georgia Tech. All the head coaches are here. Most of them will be dropping by on today's show. The players are here as well. Manny Diaz is a new guy at Miami. Mack Brown, a new guy at Carolina. Jeff Collins, the new guy at Georgia Tech. Yesterday was Atlantic Day, and among our guests was the fir- fourth-year head coach, at Syracuse we couldn't squeeze it into the live portion of the program we got into the, the lunar landing 50 years ago by the Americans the Beatles versus vanilla ice Game of Thrones and a bunch of other things with Syracuse coach Dino Babers here's that fun conversation from late yesterday he was the guy who turned around Syracuse last year from four and eight the previous two seasons to 10-3, and three. somebody predicted that. I can't remember who it was. Dino Babers was the author of that turnaround. The Syracuse coach joins us now. Coach, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. I don't know if you remember 12 months ago me showing you that I wrote in our magazine that you would be the surprise team in the ACC. I think your role and your players' role, frankly, were much larger than mine but uh, do you at least get a good vibe from our show last time you were here? Do you remember?
1: Definitely a good vibe, and I can't wait to see what you got this year. <laughs> did you say Final Four? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, college football playoff for Coach Pavers in the Orange. Hey, uh, one serious thing. I, you're getting credit for being or looking much younger than you actually are, and I'm glad somebody asked you a lunar landing question. Because most folks would look at you and say, there's no way Dino Babers was around for an anniversary that's celebrating its 50th now. And I loved your answer earlier today. And I hope you'll share it again. You and I were raised with like three or four channels on a black and white TV. I'm only a little younger than you. You mentioned Speed Racer, which I actually watched as a kid. And you remember standing in your living room watching the lunar landing and listening to your mom and dad talking about America and this special moment. You must have been like five or six or whatever. What can you share about that? Because the 50th anniversary is upon us, and I was just mesmerized listening to you break that down.
1: Well, listening to the mom, mom and dad when mom and dad starts talking like that when you're little, you know it's important. When it's important, you want to listen because yeah. you want to hear something that maybe you're not supposed to hear. <laughs> and just hearing the whole the reference between, you know, USA and Russia and Sputnik and, and getting to the moon first and all that kind of stuff, it was a really big deal. And uh, it's, it's the two things that I, well, there's, it's, there's really three things I really remember from that era. I remember that. I remember John F. Kennedy yeah. getting, getting killed and Martin Luther King Jr. getting killed. And those are the three things I remember from my childhood.
0: Well, that's a happy one, to go with the two really, really sad ones. Dino Babers is joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at CoachBaberSQs. Is that right? At CoachBaberSQs, at CoachBaberSQs. Dino Babers joining us on the David Glenn Show. Uh, One question we've asked everybody, what is a book, a movie, a trip, or another experience you've had in the last 12 months that was meaningful to you and that you would share with our statewide audience. Well, it's
1: going to go with a movie. I've been really busy. So the movie is I saw yesterday, like four or five days ago. So did I. And I'm telling you, the Beatles, oh, my goodness. That was unbelievable. They did a fantastic job with that movie. Before that, I got to see the Elton John movie. Now, the Elton John movie, I would probably put third. All right. Because I've got to throw in uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. I always say it wrong. Someone say it correct for me. Come on, Bohemian it. Rhapsody. Thank you, you very much. It, I think. And then the whole the whole Queen thing, right? Yeah. yeah. I think that was definitely number one. And of course, they got I think they got some Academy Awards and all that kind of stuff already. But that trifecta of music, I mean, I just think those three those three are dynamic. Don't. Don't forget, I got to throw out the props that the Lion King is coming out Friday. That's Thursday, <laughs> that's Thursday if you know the, the theater director and you can get the midnight <laughs> tickets. But Friday will be out there, the remake of the Lion King. Remember, remember who you are. You have Ra-
0: Coach Babers has Rafiki-style wisdom <laughs> as he drops <laughs> pearls of wisdom here on the David Glenn Show. Uh, You actually brought up earlier today the Beatles and Queen and other musical acts in the football context, right? You don't want to be the one-hit wonder Mm -hmm. 10 wins at Syracuse. Mm -hmm. You want to crank out, you know, big hits. I thought that was a perfect analogy. Now, somebody said you took a shot at Vanilla vanilla Ice as a one-hit wonder. I don't know if that's accurate or not. I don't know. Vanilla Ice made two good songs? Maybe three. I don't know. Do you guys know? I'm not sure, but we got the point either way. What was it, Ice Ice Baby? Well, you know the words. Now,
1: give me another word. Give me another song. Oh, gosh. That's my point exactly.
0: (laughs) Isn't there a love song in there somewhere? No? Uh, is it heavy something? Isn't that another Vanilla Ice song? I can maybe name two. No, anyway, you can't. Yeah. I can give you 50 Beatles songs I if you know, want them. It, there you uh, go. But, but go ahead and elaborate on that. Maybe as you communicate it to your orange football players, you don't want to be a one-hit wonder. What what goes into s- consistent success?
1: Well, here's the thing. I mean, 10 wins, that's hard to do in college it football. And it's really hard to do for a football team that hadn't had a winning season in a while. Now, we, the last time we had a 10-win season was 2001. So that was 18 years ago, 17 years ago. And now what we want to do is we, we don't want to be occasionally great. We want to be consistently good. And that means that we need to turn around and have another season to kind of let people know, hey, that we're going to be here, we're going to be around. That doesn't mean we're going to do it. Yeah. All it means is that we've got a chance to do it. But you better think about it. You better write it down as a goal, and you need to work towards it if you're going to have an opportunity to pull something like that off.
0: Some of the greatest players in college football history played at Syracuse, some of them from my childhood. Did your 10-3 season, I mean, I'm sure some of them reach out to you the day you got the job. But can you just share, how, how did that impact Orange Nation when you saw that longer drought and lack of winning seasons? It wasn't just a nice little bowl season, man. 10 wins, as you said, ain't easy to do. Who, who did you hear from, and, and how did the rest of your fan base react?
1: Heard from everybody. I mean, the Jones brothers, Art, Chandler, uh, MacPherson, that really probably should have won the Heisman Trophy when he was here. All the, all the guys came back. I got a chance. I had never met Larry Zonka. I wanted to meet Larry Zonka. You win 10 games, boom, Larry Zonka's in the house. Are you kidding me? (laughs) 39, Larry Zonka. I'm rubbing elbows with Larry Zonka. The guy that was on the the team that hasn't lost, didn't, didn't lose a game in the National Football League and is still a record. Got a second sit-down with Jim Brown and his oh, son man. and his wife in Los Angeles wow. when I had to talk to some boosters out there. The only man that when he I sit down with him, I instantly have a speech impediment. <laughs> the only man. I've been around a lot of people. and I'm like, hello, Mr. President. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Mr. President, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Colin Powell, nice to meet you. Jim Brown, I can't speak. But, 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 <laughs> Brown. I mean, just an amazing individual. And to get an opportunity to talk to those guys and to know that winning 10 games has something to do with it as well was truly a blessing.
0: One of the big questions at this year's edition of the ACC kickoff is who can challenge Clemson. You actually on the field have done that as well as anybody these last couple of years. How does that impact the guys knowing that they've been there done that even if you didn't get, you know, the win necessarily.
1: You guys, I mean football is so if you Football is so weird. It's a weird game. It, it is. really is. And, it, and if you're not around it a lot like you guys are or really into it, you miss the point. Like, we played that game, we lost. Okay, key word in the sentence, loss. Yeah. We, don't, we don't feel excited that it was close. It, it might as well have been 54-0. Not really. Yeah. Not really, but it counts the exact same thing in the win column, you know, and then we played them and we won. Okay, you know, some w- people would say that we barely won. Guess what? It might as well have been 54-0 to 0 that we won because it counts the same in the win column. And we're not all about just winning because we are about winning the right way. That is important for us in our university and our administration. But when it comes to playing people like that, the only thing that matters is the W and the L. And uh, we, didn't get it, we didn't get it done. So it didn't matter that it was close. You know, they're undefeated. They haven't had a loss since 2017. They're the national champs. And they are the big dogs sitting on the porch. And everybody else is waiting for them to leave to come up and get some water and, s- and some, some, what are those dog food called? <laughs> <laughs> <Puppet> Chow. <child. laughs>
0: Last thing for Dino Babers. On his first trip to the David Glenn Show four years ago, he said he wanted to turn cues into the kings of the north he dropped a game of thrones reference on us on day one uh as we thank you for your time and send you on your to your next uh, stop on this car wash tour here the acc network is no longer just an idea right it's almost here you're not the athletic director or the university president but i wonder how it, does it impact you as a football head coach to know that you have a channel starting August 22nd with your fans to enjoy it. Maybe it impacts recruits and their families. I don't know. But, but just how do you put into words uh, how that arrival and maybe even its longer-term promise helps you in your job as Syracuse's football coach?
1: Now I went to a camp uh, this summer, Lawrence first and goal, and got an opportunity to speak to a lot of the top recruits in the Northeast. And I challenged them to, you know, you guys need to start thinking about staying at home more. And, it, and that's not, oh, you come down here and recruit Florida, you're going to go tell the Florida... We recruit everywhere, but it's almost like uh, the guys feel like if you're a really good football player, you have to come down south. I said, that's not true. You get 22, 25 players anywhere in the country, and you put them in the same jersey, you're going to have an opportunity to win a national championship. Okay, So you can win a national championship anywhere if you have enough good players. Okay, And I really believe that... When it, when it comes to the Kings of the North and the Northeast, that uh, we try to recruit as many players as we can from there, but we're gonna always work out to get players that are capable of helping us win and win games like Clemson, like Florida State, like Louisville with Lamar Jackson, or Boston College with Dillon, or the NC State with the people that they have. And I think that it's really important that you have some pride about where you come from. And i watch watched this, and I really think the southern states do a great job of having that pride instilled in their high school players. We need, to, we need to make sure that we're doing the exact same thing up in the north. Now, Game of Thrones, you know when it ended, the seven kingdoms, the, the seven realms, that when it was all said and done, it turned into the six kingdoms and the six realms. One of the realms pulled away and went, went as an independent st- country.
0: Are you telling us that Syracuse is about to leave the ACC? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. What I'm, say- what I'm saying I'm is, is that we're,
1: we're still in the ACC, but if we're going yeah. to make our own decision whether we're going to fight the ice people or we're going to yeah. come down south and help you guys with some more. No, we, I'm just kidding.
0: It, it's the ACC network, man, and that helps kind of with the brand that you're talking about building. Coming soon to a TV screen near you. Thanks for the memories, Coach, and as always for the time on The David Glenn Show.
1: Hey, you guys, thank you so much. Game of Thrones, what a series. Can't wait for the next
0: one. From the moon landing to the Beatles to Vanilla Ice, to he's, he's told us stories about like life-threatening car crashes and uh, the, the military part of his familial background. Dude's just all, he's, he's an open book with us. We appreciate that. He is the Syracuse head football coach on Twitter at Coach Babers at Coach Babers Cuse took me a while to spit that out the first time. We appreciate Dino dropping by. He's always a lot of fun. You never know what you're going to get next. See, I wasn't kidding. Now when I tell you guys stories about black and white TVs, only three or four channels, or Speed Racer cartoons, you know that I'm not making that up. That's not, a, that's not some fictional parallel universe. That actually happened. Now I, for the record, am not old enough to remember the moon landing. Dino is old enough that I think he said he was 5 or 6 and remembers watching that on TV and hearing his mom and dad talk about it in the aftermath. That was earlier today. He even talked about how he didn't want to get all political, but it was fun to see America united around something like the, the moon landing, and we all know what he meant given the contrast here in 2019. But as a Syracuse football coach, probably best that he doesn't go f- too far down those particular rabbit holes here at the ACC kickoff event. Dino Babers, Syracuse, in the books after a 10-3 and season. That was his breakthrough after back-to-back 4 and 8s. And nobody's favored against Clemson, but nobody has played consistently against Clemson quite as well as the Orange have the last couple years under Dino Babers. We're back after this on the David Glenn Show. Resetting the lineup, Mack Brown of UNC, third hour. UVA head coach Bronco Mendenhall, third hour. Pat Narduzzi of Pitt off a trip to the ACC title game. Second hour, David Cutcliffe of Duke, second hour. All these guys are stopping by live at the DG Show table here at the ACC kickoff event in Charlotte. So we'll catch up with all the coaches. Can't squeeze them all into the live portion of today's program. And with that in mind, and after we... Gave you Dino Babers from Syracuse. That was from, of course, Atlantic Division Day yesterday. We also caught up with Willie Taggart. He went 5-7 and seven in year one as the head coach at FSU. That had some Florida State fans screaming because they had gone to 36 straight bowls, and then they had no postseason trip last year. So is he on the hot seat? Well, he has a contract that has five years still to run, but it was good to catch up with the Seminoles head coach as well. We asked him to set the record straight. Did his family love FSU so much even before he got there that they actually wore Florida State gear to a game when Coach Taggart was the head coach at South Florida, the enemy, Willie Taggart from Florida State. This is from yesterday when he sat down with us at the David Glenn Show. Willie Taggart, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you?
2: I am doing excellent. Thanks for having me.
0: It's great to have you, Coach. Uh, before we dive into the football, here's a question we've been asking everybody here at uh, the Charlotte event. Give us, since the last time we saw you 12 months ago, a book or a movie or a trip or another personal experience that was meaningful to you in some way that you would be able to share with our statewide audience here in North Carolina.
2: Well, um, I think um, my wife and I celebrating our 20th anniversary in the Cayman Islands. Was- was big time. It was big time <laughs> for us. A big accomplishment for us, but we really enjoyed ourselves, and uh, I was I was happy about it.
0: Is there anything that you can take from a successful long marriage, and apply it to successful relationships to 18 to 23 year old boys or young men rather, as you try to build Florida State football? Are they totally two different skill sets?
2: Uh, they're different skill sets, <laughs> but uh, I think there's some foundational things that can it can apply to it. To, uh, to keep it going too and want to control the things that you can control. Your attitude and your work ethic. Since
0: the end of last season, what has your life been like? You know, you've spoken many times. Five mm-hmm. and seven is not where you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Florida State fans didn't like their bowl streak ending. So how has that been for you? How were you received on the speaking circuit or your other responsibilities in the offseason?
2: Oh, it's been good. You know, um, I know places I've been, the people I've talked to, they're excited and, and excited about where we're going and um, and I'm sure there there's some folks out there that's, that not excited um, and they shouldn't be with, with a five and seven but that's in the past that's in an 18 and 18 they shouldn't be excited but in 2019 new year new season um, they should be excited about our football team our young men that's going out and compete this year uh, we've got a lot of experience now we got 16 guys back and a lot of them was young but they got some valuable experience and and this year too everybody have a better understanding of each other and what we're trying to accomplish and and I can see that in our guys now. We're not pulling teeth to get them to do anything. Those guys are embracing everything that we ask them to do, and and having fun doing it too. I just see a different ball club, um, see a different group of guys that's holding each other accountable. And and again, you expect that um, year two. And I go back to last year with only 15 seniors. It's not like you had a big senior class to um, to lean on. You know, we had 60% of our, yep. our roster freshmen and sophomore. And, and going through not only schematic change but coaching change and, and all it was tough you know but uh good thing about it that was in an 18 and it's 19 now and we're, we're onward, moving onward and upward
0: willie Taggart's joining us from florida state on the david glenn show you can follow him on twitter at coach taggart you're not new to being a head coach you're, you're basically a decade into this for those who don't know he turned around his own alma mater where he was a quarterback western kentucky for three years he did a great job at south florida for four years one year at oregon in the pac-12 and then last year at florida state i imagine there are some things that are similar for a head coach at every school there are other things that would be unique to florida state or anywhere else you've been in what ways do you feel like you know this job better right now than maybe 12 months ago when you sat down with us for the first time on the david glenn show
2: well one is i understand our team better you know, and you really don't get to know your team until you go through the fire. Yeah. You know, I understand those guys a lot better, and they understand me better. They understand what we want better. Um, I understand our administration, and, and, and our administration understand me, and and I understand our flaws, and, and I understand also some of our good things that we're doing well. And, and when you have a good understanding of those things, then it's easy to correct those things. You know, and now going into year two, again, you know where the strengths are, and you know the weakness and, and Now we can focus on really getting those things up to par, and then you understand your players and making sure that they're in the right position to be successful.
0: Another question we're asking everybody, besides the Clemson Tigers and your own team, you can't pick those two, who jumps out at you in this year's ACC as a very dangerous football team out there?
2: Um, All of them. All of them. Nobody I mean, jumps out first. No, all of them. I mean, just going through here last year, you can't take a you can't take a game off. You got to come ready to play each and every week. You got to be ready, and and you take anybody lightly. That team will sneak up on you. And um, so for me, it's, it's all of them. I think the parity in this league is, is so close. And again, you have Clemson that won the championship yeah. uh, two out of the last three years. So that speaks for itself of where they're at. But I think after that, you start to see teams. Uh, there's some winnable team that are capable of being every team in this conference.
0: Clemson has won four straight ACC titles to go with those two national titles you mentioned. When you look at the athleticism on your practice field or in spring practice, do you see a significant gap with you know, Clemson or Alabama? Is that something that needs to be answered in recruiting over a longer haul, or do you think... You know, that, map, that gap is not all that large.
2: I don't think it's large, but I do think there's a gap there yeah. that, that's got to be filled, you know. And, um, but I do think we have talented players. To me, the thing we just didn't have, we didn't have a, a, a great team. You know, and it's so important that um, our guys understand and, and we've we become a football team. You know, um, I think when you see and watch what they've done, you've seen a, a, a complete football team. And that's what we're, we're working to get our guys back to where we're a team. We can have all the talent in the world, but if we're not playing as a team, it doesn't matter. You know, we had a lot of talent last year, but we didn't play as a team, and it showed. So um, it's so important that we play for one another and play as a team. And I think if we're doing that, then that talent that we have would, would uh, take us to the heights that we all want.
0: There's a crazy Taggart family story that we need you to tell us if it's fact or fiction, did this actually happen, or is it like some kind of urban legend? Yeah. As the story goes, I believe it was your brother and other family members are at an FSU football game at a time that you're the South Florida head coach, and yet they're wearing Seminoles gear. Is, uh, did that actually happen?
2: No, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Um, they weren't allowed to come if they did wear Seminoles <laughs> gear. You know. Um, <laughs> And my brother didn't come, so he was. Now, this is long before you had any
0: idea, of yep. course, you'd end up the head coach he, in Florida State. Yep,
2: that's the one game he didn't come to. He, he <laughs> said, I'm a Seminole. If I can't wear it, then I'm not coming. And sure enough, I like, what happened to blood is thicker than water? <laughs> you know? But he didn't get a good Christmas present that year.
0: Well, were those same people the happiest people on planet Earth when you got this job o- over a year ago?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: How did those phone
2: calls uh, they, they were. They were excited, you know. Um, Everything around the house is gone and in gold. And, and my brother, he's a huge Seminole fan and Cowboys fan. So everything about him is Cowboys and Seminoles, you know. And so, uh, but they all were really excited and, uh, to have me back uh, home and and uh, have me at somewhere where I wanted to be.
0: Florida State Coach Willie Taggart is joining us on the David Glenn Show. One of the new wrinkles this year is that rather than talking about the ACC network as like an idea, it's actually coming. So, I mean you're not in charge of balancing budgets or you know those types of issues but as a head coach how does this launch matter to you does it help in recruiting does it help for exposure image or or in what ways does it matter to you as florida state's football coach i think it
2: helps at all those things you name uh from an image standpoint from exposure to recruiting and again the more people see you the more you're out there the more they're more familiar with your program and and what you're doing um, before they see you every now and then or see you on Saturday where now they see you almost every day, you know, and uh, it's such a great conference with a lot of championships. And, and again, for so long, we haven't been able to put it out and let everyone see it. And now that we have an opportunity to show everyone exactly how stout this this, this conference is, and, and this is a conference of champions, and, and um, you got teams winning championships throughout, and I, now we're going to be a chance get a chance to show everyone that at 24 7 um, which is great
0: you mentioned seeing something different in your guys this year where does that come from is that some great leaders is that your assistant coaches is that you building relationships how many things go into the change from whatever you saw last year to this different attitude? I think it's
2: just more of a buy-in from everyone, from coaches and players, you know, and you get the coaches to buy-in and it's easy for them to sell it to the players and get the players to buy-in. And when the coaches are doing the same thing and around a guy, they tend to want to do the same thing as well. But I think it's just just more of that, more of a buy-in. And you go back to last year, not only trying to get players to buy-in, you're trying to get coaches and everyone. And you just see more of that now and guys taking pride on holding everybody accountable to what we all said we wanted to do when we came here
0: the most obvious part of your goals this year would be get back to a bowl the way Florida State did for 36 years in a row. Do you talk about bigger goals? I mean, do you talk about an ACC title or, or goals in between that, or how do you frame it with your players? Oh,
2: absolutely. That's always going to be a, um, a goal of our each and every year. I got like I got told our guys, yeah, we were 5-7 and seven last year, but the standard doesn't change here. You know, there's a reason I wanted to make sure I got to understand why we were 5-7, and seven. and it wasn't talent, you know. But, um, there's a standard here that we can't get away from, you know, and, and our goal is to win the conference, you know and um, you can't you can't go and just think of going bowl game and think you're going to win the conference you know you you you, you got to have expectations of what you want, and then you got to work day in and day out to make sure that you do the things that it takes in order to get there. One thing we do know is we can't continue to do what we've been doing and expecting to win a championship, so we all have to change some of the things that we've been doing, and I see that in our players. I see it in our coaches, and I think you'll see it in our football team this year.
0: Last thing for Willie Taggart of Florida State. I know you've been quoted saying, it's important to me, and I think you said it's been since you started coaching, I want to be the first African-American head coach to win a national championship. I know others have said that, but how would you explain in your own words why that is an important thing for you?
2: Um, It's important, I mean, not just to win a championship. I do know... uh, there's a lot of people counting on me to do a good job, and 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 then for me personally, I just hope that it, it, it inspires other guys that want to wanna do it, to want to go off and, and be a coach and give them something that they believe in, that they can do. There's a lot of people out, there. there's a lot of minorities out there feel like they can't do it or they're not gonna get an opportunity. And, and um, I know for myself personally, don't want them feeling that way, and thinking that way. There's there are opportunities and. Uh, he's got knocked down the door when that opportunity come your way you got to be ready for when that opportunity come your way and and then and then make it happen when it happens and and but I think that's what we all doing as coaches is working to try to win a championship and I so happen to be an african-american a minority and um, and I want to win a championship like the rest of them you know and would love to do it here at Florida State that's been my goal since I started coaching and, and I'm at a place where that can get done and, and that's the intention. the intention is to get it done
0: his name is Willie Taggart, the second-year head coach of the Florida State Seminoles. Coach, great to see you again. Thank you, as always, for the time on the David Glenn Show.
2: Hey, thank you guys very much, and go Noles.
0: You got it. We'll be back right after this on the David Glenn Show. I'm Jerome Robinson, are you a hugger or a handshake guy? H- how does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I, I hope it's not awkward. <laughs> um, you know, I hope it's not like a hand-to-hug-to-hand kind of thing, but... I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him, no hands. I think he's a hugger. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Coming at you live from Charlotte again today. The 2019 ACC kickoff event continues. It is Coastal Chaos Day. All seven of those head coaches are here. Noah's Ark style. They have brought two players each as well we're catching up with all of the coaches we cannot bring all of them to you in the live portion of today's program but among those who will be here over the next couple of hours david cutcliffe of duke pat narduzzi of pitt that's next hour each of those guys remember have taken their teams to the acc title game it was a while ago for coach cut it was just last year for Pat Narduzzi and the Panthers. Bronco Mendenhall of UVA and Mac Brown of North Carolina will join us live in our third hour. Justin Fuente of Virginia Tech is trying to find a time with us. It could be as early as 10 minutes from now. Things are fluid at this ACC kickoff event, so we can't iron that one out just yet for you. But Bronco Mendenhall and Mac Brown, just to paint a little coastal chaos picture for you here. Miami, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Duke, Carolina, Pitt, Georgia Tech, Jeff Collins is the new guy at Georgia Tech. You all know that Paul Johnson's a triple option guy. There were a lot of transfers and other attrition. There's a massive schematic change, especially on offense, maybe not as much elsewhere. It would be a surprise if the Yellow Jackets challenged for the top of the Coastal Division right out of the gate as Jeff Collins arrives. To me, Duke, after losing Daniel Jones, he's now with the New York Giants' first-round pick, of the NFL, of course, for that franchise, backing up Eli Manning for now. It's going to be hard for Duke to make another run at the ACC title game while losing a first-round NFL draft talent like a Daniel Jones. Carolina has all kinds of positive signs surrounding Mac Brown in the longer term. They have re-energized their recruiting, and it had become a little bit of a dead-end street under Larry Fedora. After he went from 11 wins and a trip to the ACC title game in 2015, things were flying high for the Heels at that point. Then a good year the very next year, eight wins for Fedora. And then the crash came last year. So as much as I love when our state's teams are relevant or when Cut or Fedora or anybody else makes that trip to the ACC title game, or heck, occasionally you know, our good friend Jim Grobe from Wake Forest 13 years ago, took the Demon Deacons to the title game, and won it. We don't have a lot of those. We get them all the time in basketball for the Big Four. We don't get them very often, hardly ever, in football. I think Duke and Carolina can make runs at bowl games, but I don't think they're going to be challenging for the top of this league. We will talk with Coach Cutt next hour. We will talk with Coach Brown. Mac is back. That'll be in hour number three. But Georgia Tech, Carolina, and Duke, your, your main goal should be a bowl, What does that leave? Well, don't sleep on Pitt because they they were the division champion last year. But I actually think the conversation starts with Miami and UVA and Virginia Tech. Coastal chaos is my favorite phrase here on day two of the ACC kickoff event. But perfect parity, the other illiterate, illiterate phrase, if the Cavaliers win the Coastal, it will be seven different schools in the last seven different years. And don't laugh. If you don't know, I mean, the last time I thought of Virginia as a serious contender, George Welsh was on their sidelines. That's a long time ago. I've been covering this league since the late 1980s, all right? George Welsh is the greatest football coach in the history of UVA. No doubt about it. As some fans are still celebrating, is the, has the confetti stopped falling? from Tony Bennett's national championship in men's basketball. Or heck, even they even won the men's lacrosse national championship. It's a great day to be a UVA fan, right? There's no doubt about it. Bronco Mendenhall has arguably the second most proven commodity at the quarterback position in this league. I don't even mean the coastal. I mean the 14-team league. Hats off to Trevor Lawrence. As a freshman last year at Clemson, he was an integral part. He was He was not just a place setter, right? He he was essential to what Davos Tigers did last year. So let's give him number one in our quarterback power rankings. National championship as a rookie. Let's give him that benefit of the doubt. After that, there are guys who think they can be the next best quarterback in the ACC. The guy who's come close to proving that is Bryce Perkins of UVA. He killed people with his legs last year. He killed people with his arm last year. He might not have as many great targets. They had a guy named De Zacchaeus who was a big-time playmaker at Whiteout. He has moved on via graduation. But Bryce Perkins, as maybe ACC QB number two, they have a guy named Bryce Hall, who might be the first player selected from the entire ACC this year in the NFL draft. So don't sleep on some NFL-caliber talent. Don't sleep on knowing you have the right quarterback as, like, Ten teams in the ACC are wondering. I mean, they're all, they're all going to paint the glass half-full picture. Uh, we think this guy is the guy. We think that guy is the guy. UVA knows it has the guy at quarterback. Maybe this is the year that Bronco and the Cavs break through. I believe their biggest competition is Miami and Virginia Tech. Miami does have a new coach, but it's not a new guy to Miami. Remember the turnover chain and those dominant Hurricanes defenses? That was a Manny Diaz production. One of the highest profile defensive coordinators in all of college football. Remember, he actually, when Mark Richt did not yet announce his retirement, Manny Diaz took the Temple job. So he's this up and coming assistant. Temple needs a coach. Remember, Jeff Collins left for Georgia Tech. Manny Diaz accepted the Temple job. And then that world was turned upside down when Mark Richt chose to retire. And then Manny Diaz gets an even bigger opportunity, obviously, UM over Temple. That was a no-brainer. And he gets to stay with all those defensive players who helped him build those brilliant defenses. Manny and the Canes matter. I understand Virginia Tech fans who say, DG, how can anybody pick UVA to win anything in football when they haven't beaten the Hokies head-to-head in a single football game since Moby Dick was a minnow? That's how long it has been. I understand that. I just believe the Cavs, the Hokies, and the Hurricanes are the top three in the Coastal Division. Coastal chaos, perfect parity, whatever you want to call it, that's what we have here. More coaches on the way in our number two. Justin Fuente, David Cutcliffe, Pat Narduzzi, Mac Brown later. Glad you're with us in the day. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us boo you
2: and agriculture you. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture.
0: Stay with us on The David Glenn Show.